I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities, eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by... Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. Be careful about anything you see in the news and make your words logic when you speak out. When you speak out, try your best to know whether this is truth or not. And you are listening to a lot of people all around the world, but you still you have your own opinion. You still you have your own voice. Salam, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, joining you from Manila. And joining us after a very long absence. Here's my co-host. Hi, Amina. Thank you for welcoming me back. This is Ayesa Abubakar, and I'm based here at Al-Bukhari International University. So I'm glad to join this episode today because we do have an interesting topic that we, I'm sure many of our audience are also very much interested in. How are you, Amina? We missed you, Ayesa. How have you been? What has been keeping you busy and away from She Talks Peace? <laughs> well, our semester started about three weeks ago. So naturally, I'm putting my lecturer hat first ah. and foremost. So I have to attend to many of my classes. But now I'm bringing with me two students from AIU. Yeah, I gather that you've also been busy because your students have been conducting talks and things like that to educate Malaysians about what's happening in Palestine. That's right, Amina. AIU is just one of the many universities here in Malaysia that's very active in condemning the ongoing violence in Palestine. So. It's like a heyday of peace advocacy here, the whole of Malaysia. Yeah. As we do our taping today, Ayesa, it's November 27, and it's the last day of the four-day truce between Hamas and Israel. And even as we're doing this taping, there are so many groups that are calling for the truce to be extended because there are still so many, thousands and thousands and thousands who want to leave but cannot leave. But Tayesa, you know, there are some lucky Palestinians who are married perhaps or have families in other countries and therefore they're able to escape. Like I found out that here in the Philippines, more than 60 Palestinian refugees arrived a few days ago. Wow, yes, 29 are children. And then there was one woman uh, who was wounded when she arrived. Another uh, is pregnant, I think seven months pregnant. And they are being housed temporarily in a dormitory in our university, Ayesa, at the University of the Philippines. So they're there temporarily. Mm -hmm. 
And all of them are requesting for refugee status in the Philippines. I guess that because many of the adults are married to Filipino citizens, their request will most likely be supported by government, right? Definitely, definitely. We we don't have, uh, how do I say it? We we are more liberal actually in Philippines when it comes to uh, welcoming uh, spouses from other nationalities. So that's one. At the same time, Philippines is also a signatory to the Refugee Convention. So that's really good news for our friends from Palestine. They should be welcomed well in Philippines. What about Malaysia? Malaysia is not a signatory to the Refugee Convention, but then we do attract many refugees and stateless people here in Malaysia. And yeah, glad to say that the Palestinians are very much well-supported here in Malaysia. There is a strong advocacy for Palestine throughout Malaysia, from Peninsula to Sabah and Sarawak. So hopefully things will be better as well for Palestinians here. Palestinians who are living here because I think a week ago, it was a week ago that the Ministry of Education actually announced on media that all Palestinian students who are enrolled in the public universities, they will be given a reprieve. They don't have to pay their tuition fees for a year. And I think they're also trying to give some more help financial support to those Palestinian students who are studying in the private universities and colleges. And I think they should be giving some allowances as well. But we don't know yet the details. There was the public announcement, but we have yet to really find out, you know, how true is it. But this has been, in fact, done before. I remember during the tsunami that affected our friends from Aceh, the same Mm -hmm. thing has also been pronounced by the Malaysian government and they did help many of the Achenese refugees or um, individuals who are already living in Malaysia during that time. So hopefully, you know, things will get better for the Palestinian students as well here in Malaysia. But we will have to wait. Yeah, and it's really good that there are hospitable countries because if you listen to the news, especially Western news outlets, the rhetoric is still very, very much supporting the Israeli war. And what I really cannot accept, Ayesa, Israel is a powerful, rich state. Hamas is an organization. It's so unequal. When you're looking at the rules of war, you have a powerful state with powerful allies with all of the ammunition that they could possibly get. And then you have Hamas. And in the middle are hundreds of thousands of Palestinians. So what is the responsibility of a government like Israel in running after Hamas for the terrorism that they inflicted? on uh, Israel so that you do not harm the Palestinians who have nothing to do with the strike that uh, Hamas did on um, Israeli soil. What do the Malaysians say about that, Ayesa? Are they sounding, are they vocal in their opinions about what should be done in Gaza? As you rightly pointed out, Amina, it's really a David and Goliath type of conflict that we are seeing now in in Palestine. So naturally, many people in Malaysia do recognize the situation. It's really disheartening that nobody is even, you know, the superpower especially are, are not really trying to ease the unequal relationship that is ongoing. I mean, it's a shocking to me still that, you know, even in the first week of the conflict, Right away, big personalities, you know, the the UK Prime Minister, the President of the United States. It's like it's so easy for them to say that they are pro Israel, <laughs> and we know very well that in in any conflict and peace process situation, you know, we we really have to at the same time respect the international humanitarian law. 
that we have to make sure that somebody, you know, everybody follows yeah. the rules of the war. And that yeah. is not what's happening that we are, yeah. you know, that, that's not what we are seeing at the moment. So, yeah, as I said, Malaysians generally from the government, from the leadership of Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim, who has declared, you know, full support to the plight of the Palestinian up to the uh, everybody from all walks of life. Many Malaysians here, we are very much uh, sympathizing towards the Palestinian people. Yeah, I think it's very important for everybody, for our listeners, to remember that Hamas is not Palestine. And actually, yes, I also cannot support what Hamas did in attacking Israel because in our faith, there are rules of war. And when you, a Muslim, engages, you know, engage in war to protect your community, your family, your faith, you follow the rules. And the rules say you do not hurt innocents. You do not hurt civilians. And unfortunately, Hamas did. But then I agree the with Israeli, you. The Israeli response was too much. I mean, you know, remember, uh, they like to think of uh, themselves as David, right? David against Goliath. Well, it looks like David has become Goliath. And it's terrible what they're doing to the innocent Palestinians who are caught in the middle. But Ayesa, you have students who you've invited to join us in this talk, right? And uh, how are they doing in your class, Ayesa? Are they okay? We should listen to them, Amina. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's why it's a good opportunity that we have our guests for today, for this episode. We have Basma and Adnan. So shall I start the introduction about our yes, guests? Yes, please. Okay. So our guests for this episode of She Talks Peace. First, let me introduce the lady. Her name is Basma Almanza, and she's a student in business administration here at the Al-Bukhari International University. She actually has a diploma from the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East. This is an interesting formal wow. education for me, so we should ask yeah. her further. And Basma is really a wonderful writer who has published articles on numbers, she has published an article entitled, uh, what is the title of the article? We, we are, are not numbers. And the electronic intifada. So we will find out from her what did she wrote on those pieces. At the same time, she has also guested in another podcast called Al Ansar. That's actually how I found out about Basma. And where she has, of course, uh, shared the story and her deep concern for her family in Gaza during the first week of the violence there. And then we also have a second guest. His name is Adnan Madi. He is a student of computer science here at AIU as well. He is also another student representative and has been working to support the Future Generations Benevolent Association in Gaza. So these two are actually active youth leaders. And Adnan has delved into volunteer work with the Palestinian Red Crescent Society as a humanitarian organization of the ICRC or International Red Cross and Red Crescent Movement in Palestine. And just like Basma, Adnan has also turned into writing to express his thoughts and amplify his voice on the atrocities that is happening now in Gaza. So let us both welcome Adnan and Basma to She Talks Peace. Hi, Adnan and Basma. Welcome, welcome, Basma and Adnan. Oh, hi. Thank you for having me here today. You're most welcome, Basma. And I can see Adnan. Our guests, our listeners might not be able to see him, but he's wearing the traditional Palestinian, what do you call that, uh, Adnan? Kefiye? We, we call it kefiye. So welcome, Adnan. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to reach our Palestinian voice. Adnan, Ayesa told me that your friend was killed in Gaza. Can you tell us more about 
him and what happened to him? Yeah, actually, that's true. Uh, one of our friends of uh, classmate and my countryman, Suleiman Abanza, he went back and lost a break semester. He wanted to visit his family and to see her mother. At that time, it was nothing there. It's like peace and, and Gaza Strip. And he also wanted to do a surgery of his eyes because he had a problem in his eyes. He was wearing glasses at that time. On the 7th of October, uh, what Palestinian resistance did, or what they are doing, did that. He was in the border with his family. He wanted to cross the border with his uncle. At that time, he crossed the border and they wanted to bring some cars from there and to get out of the cities that occupied by Israel still are. And Israel soldier, they shot him seven bullets and on his body. Uh, to be honest, at that time, I was in Kuala Lumpur in, in my vacation. I was with my class and with my countrymates also. We had a planning to go somewhere and to live a simple life as we used to live in, in Gaza Strip. But at that time, one of my friends, he told me at this story, and one of our friends, Sulaiman Abanza, he became a shaykh or American. I couldn't believe that. I tried to check many channels and many institutions and institutions of Palestine, but the government of Palestine, of Gaza Strip, they, doesn't, they didn't provide any information because they found his body after three days. Oh, wow. After two days? Wow. That is really terrible. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ayesa, your students from Palestine, they must be telling you a lot of these horrible stories, right? Yes, Amina. That's why I, I really feel that it's an opportunity for us to bring out, you know, all these stories, you know, from young Palestinians themselves to let us remember how it is for these young people. How are they feeling, you know, knowing that the whole world is reading, you know, what's happening on the news. But for them, they may be far away from their home, but they are really under a lot of pressure and stress, you know, knowing that sometimes maybe they cannot get any information from their families. Uh, about you, Basma, any news? From your families as of this time? Until now, I couldn't connect with them very well. But there is a friend who advocated to the South and they were able to get some internet from there. So she told me about the last news that she know about them, which is actually they've been targeted again in the new neighborhood and all of them are injured. So, uh, yeah, not really knowing that much about them, but we hope that they will be a, at least stay alive. Basma, so your family are still in Gaza. Is that your last information about them? Yeah, they are still in Gaza. Actually, they cannot go out. Even if they want to go out in the borders, they won't allow them because they need to have a dual citizenship or another passport and never to, to travel. And even if they tried so, it will just be rejected and it's like they are trapped. They're in prison. How about you, Adnan? Your family, are they still all in Gaza or have they left? All of my family members are still are alive in, in Gaza Strip, alhamdulillah. Even I have one of my sisters, she got married in Egypt, and his husband from Egypt, but he couldn't bring her or to get to allow her to get out from Gaza Strip because oh, he wow. doesn't have a job of, of Egypt and even other, other countries. 
you know, yes, I was just, uh, I was just thinking when your students first came to Malaysia, the situation in the Palestine was so much better. And I wanted to hear from Basma and then Adnan, what was home like before this tragedy happened? What is your favorite memory of home? Well, let's start with Basma. What was home like, Basma? Above all of things, the culture itself. Whenever you go anywhere, you could find all the culture, the traditional dishes, even the traditional dresses and these stuff. Even if we have, let's say, a wedding and you don't know either the groom or the bride, you'll be able to just go and they will hospitality you. And that's it. Even if there is someone who died, you'll be able to go and help them even if you don't know each other. And then somehow, Gaza have a really nice seasons. Like we have the four seasons. In ah. each season, we'll be celebrating in a new in a new season coming and, and then changing our clothes and the whole closet will be changing. Even if we are going to our college or school, the moment we go in the morning, you will hear all those activities going out from the mic from each school, telling them about the instructions and the stuff. And then if you are going in your road to the college, you'll be able to smell all the traditional dishes the hummus the falafel everything it's like something looks like you feel comfortable and where yeah. where you belong to where you'll be able to see the sea waves on non-stop like for me i would able to see all this view from the sea from my balcony wow and now i'm lifted with memories unfortunately the whole neighborhood got destructed so so it's like i can't imagine now how it looks like and I don't want to allow them to ruin those memories in my mind. Yeah, so everything's gone. But you know, Basma, just listening to your description of the food and the hospitality makes me very hungry and makes me wish that I had visited Palestine long before today. But how about you, Adnan? What's your favorite memory of home before all of this tragedy happened? Uh, to be honest, I was like to see the traditional food and the things that we used to live in here. And we, as we know, as a Palestinian, simple things bring us happiness, which means like if, I, if I'm seeing my st the student or the children are going to school, they are very good and I'm feeling happy. And I'm here like far away from my countries and I saw them, I, I saw their suffering and I couldn't help them as well. And there is many traditional food, there is many traditional things, and even there, there are uh, the clothes. There is many traditional clothes. And also there is one, one, of, the, one of the mosques, they destroyed it. And, and Gaza Strip is very, I have memory in, in that time, but now, unfortunately, they destroyed this. And many buildings, they destroyed it. And Gaza now is not like before, for 7th of October. So tell me, when you're looking at the news and you're listening to the support, for instance, for Israel to wage war on Hamas and really to bomb, continuously bomb Gaza, how do you feel about this, Basma? What can you tell the world? To be honest, it's something unimaginable even to, to see or to follow up in the news. Because they used to say that we don't do harm civilians, we don't want to hurt any innocent people, but still they are bombing children and women. Even some women now can cannot really uh, get birth again because they destroyed their their whole health. So it's and somehow I can't believe that they are calling for humanity while they don't apply this. Their actions is totally against their words. So in somehow there is something false about their saying and we could see this in the news even you know, like they tried a lot to false some news and and then when they tried to look for or beyond that we can see the truth so the idea that they are telling not showing but the palestinians are showing and not telling because they are voiceless now how about you adnan how does it make you feel to be honest i i can't imagine what what is going there because before, before the, let us talk in the logical. Before our religions, before our 
nation, we are human. And what is going there, it's not the human. And there is many of Western countries, they claim the human rights. And what is they doing, but what Israel war plans and what Israel still are, still are doing in Palestinian civilians, this is not the humanity. They kill the children, even the weakness, the women, the civilians, they bomb everywhere. And this is, is very harmful and shock for us, especially we are far away, we are in good condition. We have even, we have a drinking water, the simple things. My family and my people in Gaza Strip, they doesn't have it. And to be honest, I couldn't imagine that. The, the situation is more dry our imagination. Last week, Amina, we actually had a university event. And then we had a public talk about what's going on in Gaza. So we had invited speakers and the Palestinian students uh, themselves, together with other friends from other countries, also put up an exhibition you know, to remember what's going on in, in Gaza. So maybe Adnan could also tell us, you know, how is the atmosphere like at AIU? Do you feel that, you know, there is really a good support from your friends and classmates in AIU? Because there are also, we cannot deny that there are also some views that maybe some people think that what we are doing here in Malaysia, it's actually meaningless because the war is there. You know, what can we do by just, you know, giving all this support through advocacy, you know, through all this exhibition. And in for many places, like in Philippines, you know, they do all these protest rallies. So how do you feel uh, about all these actions by other people that are supporting the Palestinian cause? Do you think it's really not useful to be doing all these activities to support Palestine? Actually, this is a good question. Let us to, to get back uh, to the war or the genocide in 2014. The, the awareness at that time is not the same at this time. Most of the students and most of the, the Western people, they are really support Palestine. But the government, they doesn't support. They close their eyes. They try to misinform what's going there. And let us to talk about the program. And I, I was one of the organizers of this program. Uh, I'm try, I try to, to give them a little bit about what is going there and to show them a, a dramatic side of, of what is going in Palestine or in Gaza Strip. And they are really shocked. And this AIU students, I will not say all, all of AIU students, they, support, they really all support Palestine, but most of them are a big amount, a wide range of them, they really support Palestine. And I told them how, as we are students, how we can support Palestine, or how we can go uh, end this injustice in, in Palestine. There is many ways. To be honest, we we, ca we couldn't like to to donation for Palestine because we are students and we have a scholarship of Al Bukhari International University, and we have another things or another ways that we can support. Them. For example, by coding by code the sub the products that support Israel. For example, like KFC, Coca-Cola, McDonald's. One, one of the, the McDonald's branch in, in Israel occupation, after the, the Israel armies from Palestinians, civilians, they provided them for free meal to be happy. And this, this is McDonald's, right? McDonald's. Yeah, yeah this is McDonald's. And I told, I told my friends and all that I know, we must to buy code. If we if we can't to end the injustice, at least we we must to do what we can. And this is the things that we can do it to boycott that to post about Palestine. Just don't stop talk about them. To raise the awareness about what is going on, because as we Palestinians and I, I have experience with the wars or the massacres in in Palestine or in Gaza State, they trying to raise the the viewers in our accounts and social media. And there is limitation in Palestinian content. And they're trying to hide Palestinian content from the social media. Yeah. And there is most, most of the channel or uh, social media platforms, they reduce the awareness, except only the Telegram and the Twitter or X recently. And I told my friend to publish about Palestine because they, they're trying to misinform what is going there. For example, Israeli occupation, they following a strategy to do big massacres or big genocide like Al-Ma'madani Hospital, they bomb it. 
and they hide many, many of massacres there. They killed at that time, at the same time, more than 500 civilians, including children, women, and even witnesses over it, even the injured being bomb, they bombed him, and they doesn't care about the human rights. And the Western countries or the Western media, they trying to climb the humanity of Palestine. They climb the human rights of, of the world. And they say this is not true. So Adnan, you think that the media has not been fair? You think media is biased in its reporting? But is yeah. social media helpful in bringing out the reality that's uh, happening in Gaza? Yeah, that, that's true. That the, the social media is not fair because the owner of social media, it is the, the America or the Western countries. And they really, the government, they really call support Israel by everything, by social media, by money, by the things that they needed, even the, 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 the basic things that Israel occupation needed, they support them. And as we are, we are weakness. We, we doesn't have the channel. We doesn't have the technology to reach our voice. And we're going to use their, their owner or the social media platform. And the social media is very helpful. As I said before, the awareness of Palestinians' issues in 2014 is not like that. They, we increase the awareness, especially those who can speak English. They translated what is going there. For example, me, I, when, when I came to Malaysia, before that, I, I, I wasn't able or I didn't able to, to contact with those who can speak English language because we are speaking, we are Arabic native speaker. And they doesn't know about what is going there. They only see the video and the, the Western media trying to misinform it. What about Basma? Do, are you using social media to make people aware about what's happening? Are you happy with social media? The first thing that I have to use all the tools all around me. At the beginning, it was really hard for me to know what kind of things that I have to use, especially that and even in social media, actually, it's a bit, uh, there has some restrictions because usually they will tell you like this content cannot be shown or maybe you'll be blocked for some days because you just mentioned Palestine or Gaza or or maybe the resistance there and like everything it have restricted but in somehow I usually use my language as something to to defend myself with to translate for the world what's going on especially about the news that they don't can see in the news itself that I can take it from the local people from there from friends from my relative from anyone there because i can see that a lot of things are not really covered by the channels or by the news so i use my voice even though i'm not that kind of person who like to speak and show off and this stuff but in somehow i i feel that that they became voiceless people and the people who's outside supposed to help them to give them a hand so the first thing it was the writing to try to tell them about my own story or about anyone who's in Gaza story to deliver it in another language and at the same time to share it. I'm, I'm now I'm just putting my Instagram as a news rather than my personal account, just translating about what's going on more than my personal life and this stuff. I even open it and make it public because of that. Even though I don't like that such step, but I need to do something. It's not my fault that I was born as a Palestinian. But it's my responsibility to raise your voice. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's really a smart strategy, Basma, by using your Instagram now as a place where you can share more information. You know, Amina, that also happened to me during the first week of the violence in Gaza. I posted something on my Facebook and then in 24 hours, I actually didn't get any comment from my Facebook friends, only to realize that yeah, Meta, the company that's owning Facebook, yeah, must have you know um, hidden 
some of these uh, posts now that pertain to what was going on in Gaza. And it's not just me. Yeah. You haven't experienced that. I mean, or you're not so active in Facebook. No, no. I use LinkedIn. And uh, what I posted LinkedIn uh, gets uh, gets circulated. I haven't posted much on on Facebook and uh, not not for a while. So that's happening. They're they're actually censoring. I guess yes. what's, what's yes. being that's posted. That's true. That's true. Yeah, there is censorship in Facebook and and in other social media platforms. You know, as Basma was saying, but it's really smart for Basma, you know, to figure out and for Adnan to figure out how to make social media work for us. Okay. <laughs> Although yes, it is owned by these companies that may be supportive of Israel, but maybe there is a way for us, you know, to circumvent, you know, how we can still make use of social media. I have a political question to ask Basma and Adnan. Before uh, Donald Trump uh, pushed for the Abraham Accords, you actually had a peace process. And the result was supposed to be to have a two-state policy. Yeah. What do you think about the possibility of Israel and Palestine going back to a peace process so that you can end this, this war? You think, do you want that to happen? Do you think it could happen? Let's start with Basma. Well, from my side, I don't know why the whole world is still seeing that as a conflict and we are waiting for them to be two-state and they're just being so nice with each other while they themselves, they didn't actually apply that peace contract, as you mentioned, because Mostly, if I have seen any both, I would see the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Well, this is the biggest myth ever because the, the conflict framework is actually enables the opposition and stops you from understanding the solution itself. The reason we shouldn't describe what's happening in Palestine as a conflict is not something semantics. It's that the it's not a conflict, but it's a colonialism and forms of opposition in general. These are really totally different analytical frameworks that identify different problems and thus different solution. Because if we say conflict, then there is two equal sides then this problem is supposed to be with two sides are fighting and disagreeing. Then this means that the solution is to get them to stop fighting and to mutually agree. And if even they try to do this, they themselves, they didn't give the chance for it. And that was the peace contract, as you mentioned. It was supposed to give the the some borders are supposed to be with West Bank and Gaza, as uh, mentioned in 1907s, something like this. Oh, sorry, 76, something like this. So even if you are making someone, only one side to agree, and you even didn't invite the Palestinian for that to agree or not, it's like they are not there. Uh, okay, we can just do it with Israel and that's it. If they say yes, then yes. If they say no, then no. Then how how come it's two state, hun? How come it's two sides? You're taking only one opinion. So I'm totally against the two states because they don't respect two states. They only respect one and they only give the opinion for one and they only listen for one. But what is the alternative, uh, Basma? You cannot have continuous fighting because you're going to see an eradication of the Palestinians in Gaza. Because we are not talking about Jewish people or we are not talking about innocent civilians. You are directing it to Zionism. And when it's about Zionism, it will never be to state. While if you are talking about Jewish, Jewish themselves would say we don't want a state. We want just to live peacefully with Palestinian in their state as we were in 1948, as we were in 1917. That's why I can't see that vision because it's not a Jewish or uh, it's not about religion or Jewish people, because Jewish people themselves against that. So how come even in the country itself, mostly, let's say, 70% of them rejecting the idea? 
So they have to solve it in, in their area first and then come and discuss it with the with the other side as they think that we are the other side. But it's supposed to be to say that Palestine is the beginning. This is the beginning and this is the stone. And then we start from the steps from there because the history itself is telling you. You're very, very skeptical about the peace process. So how about you, Adnan? What do you think? Can you go back? Palestine and Israel, can you go back to negotiations, to peace talks, state to state? And what do you think about that proposal, about having a two-state solution? As the pessimists say, this is the first, first of all, this is not conflict. Because if we want to say this is a conflict, the two groups, it must be the same power, or nearly powerful. And there is very big difference between the powers. Okay. Thank you, Adnan. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that we get to listen to the voices of both Adnan and Basma today, Amina, right? Because these yeah. are some of the opinions that we don't normally hear you know, from Palestinian, young Palestinians at that. So I think it's you know, a long conversation and we should continue that conversation. And maybe more young people would might want to engage with Basma and Adnan you know, to find out you know, uh, how possible can the two-state solution, what are the possibilities of that two-state solution. Well, it is true that it has been proposed by other people you know, outside you know, from Palestine and Israel. But nonetheless, you know, this is, I guess, uh, the right time that Palestinians and Israelis themselves, young people, young Israelis and Palestinians themselves, maybe another peace process among among the youths. You know, something that we've done in the Philippines, right? Young Filipinos, both Bangsamoro people and Filipino, Christian Filipinos and indigenous people, you know, we've come to that point. So maybe that's an opportunity for both uh, Basma and Adnan and other Israeli youths as well. You know, hopefully there will be that time. You know what, Ayesa? I have Israeli friends. Um, some of them were my classmates when I did my master's degree. And uh, several of them are quite supportive of a real peace process with Palestine. And uh, many of them are really not in favor of the government of uh, Netanyahu. In fact, uh, interestingly enough, Ayesa, some of them were part of the, uh, you know, when thousands and thousands of Israeli citizens protested against Netanyahu's attempt to uh, control the judiciary, they were out uh, Protesting, So I think definitely we need to have a conversation with young Israelis and uh, young Palestinians. This, uh, the, the word that Basma and Adnan was using, that this is colonization. That yeah. to me was uh, an eye-opener because I haven't really heard that term used. And you know, Basma is so passionate that this is not a conflict. This is, <laughs> this is an attack on us and its colonization, right, Ayesa? Let me add one point. Well, the thing why I feel like it's a colonization because there is a lot of restrictions regarding the trouble, a lot of restrictions regarding of any resources we are getting, either water, either food, either even opportunities or programs. So someone is controlling you. What do you call it? When, when someone is controlling your life, then it's not a conflict. When it's a conflict, then I'm free. I'm free and you're free and we're talking. But one of them is not free. One of them is getting controlled. So yeah, it, it makes sense. Logic, right? That's the result of Gaza being an occupied territory yeah. for a, such occupied a long, territory. long time. Amina. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. the result. That's why Basma and Adnan grew up with that kind of uh, understanding, you know, because certainly as they told us the story of how it was, you know, how life was in Gaza, it's really, a, you know, it's like a big cage for, for many of them. It's so hard for them to get out and to get back and go back home. You know, there is really, you know, limitations of mobility. Adnan and then Basma, what is their message for young people who may be listening to them right now? Especially maybe if they have a message to young Israelis, 
know, who might be listening in our podcast, if you are going to give them uh, some message, you know, what will be uh, the main focus of your message for young Israelis? Actually, I have one question. This is it's yes. not, it's not, it's not for you, but this is as for the world. They are focusing on what's happening in 7th of October. What happened in, in 7th of October. And they forget about since 1948 until 7th of October. They forget about the aggression. They forget about the, the, those who was killed. Even there is no Hamas in West Bank. And the, the people, they are still can, have been killed there. Why? Which means they, they are occupation. Is it right? The international community is realizing that we have actually forgotten. It's like a selective amnesia that internationally has has uh, forgotten that how how difficult it is, you know, that continuing difficulty uh, for all your people in in Palestine. What 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 I mean? They they focus only of what happened what happened in seven of October, and they doesn't mm-hmm. really care about what's happening before seven of October. And why Palestinian resistance doing that did that for Israel still And this is the message that we we must correct it and and to the world. You want them to go beyond October 7 and think about what has caused why, the situation why, in Gaza. Why, why Palestinian resistance did that on 7th of October, on 7th of October? And what happened, what the things are the reason that led them to do that? Is it right? Now what about Basma? What is your message, Basma, or question for the world, the way Adnan asked a question of the world? Well, let me speak to them directly. So, hello world and hello youth. I'm really happy that I can have the opportunity to deliver my voice for you. I just wanted to put you in my shoes. I'm a Palestinian who was born in Gaza with a refugee card since my born. I even didn't see my city and I'm always respected to go to the West Bank and I don't have any ability. A lot of people think that I have the opportunity to go to the West Bank because it's just in Palestine. But unfortunately, I can go. Even when I traveled, it was a big restrictions over my shoulder. And now I'm far away, don't know either my family are still alive or not, being controlled from all aspects. So do you think this kind of life is a conflict? This kind of life supposed to end with two states? This kind of life supposed to be that way? You are the one who we actually rely on in all societies, the youth sector. You are the researchers, and you are the one who can know the truth without anyone braining, wash your brain on this stuff. You are the one who can discover by your own. Go beyond 7th of October. Don't blame the victim for its reaction. Go beyond that and search more, know more. And when you see any news, make sure this news is right. So. Be careful about anything you see in the news and make your words logic when you speak out. When you speak out, try your best to know whether this is truth or not. And you are listening to a lot of people all around the world, but you still you have your own opinion. You still you have your own voice. And if you want to help and you want to know which part should I go for, you have to make sure to know that why these massacres are happening why this genocide are happening only in Gaza, why it's not also there, because they don't have the same power, because they are not equal. So please, open your eyes, open your mind, and be logic, and try to help the right side. Thank you so much, Basma, for that very eloquent message to the world. I do hope that their messages to you will be received well, and that you do open your minds and understand what is really going on, right, Ayesa? That's the role of a peace builder, right? Is to understand what causes the conflict, what causes a situation to happen, and then try to work out a solution that can save more innocents, right? I think the slogan that we learned today, Amina, is that no more behind October 7. That mm. can be a slogan for us. <laughs> so we <laughs> challenged you know, the young people, what is behind October 7? 
so that we can find the future from October 7 to here on. That's right. So before we say goodbye to Basma and Adnan Amina, let us also remind our audience that maybe they have some ideas or comments to our show and then they can give us all their suggestions. We have a Facebook, a Twitter, and Instagram, and they can also email us at shetalkspeace at gmail.com. So thank you very much, Adnan and Basma, for being our guests. And we are with you. Hopefully that you will get uh, more uh, information from your family and that we hope that your family and friends in Gaza are also well. So again, until next, our next episode, for She Talks Peace, Amina. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Basma and Adnan. And uh, we're praying for the safety of your family and friends and that you can hopefully reunite under better circumstances. And in the meantime, we will just keep trying to educate people that we know about the reality of Gaza. And in the meantime, dear listeners, I do hope you continue to listen to us. This is Amina Rasul saying goodbye for now and join us in the next episode of She Talks Peace. Ayesa? Thank you again, Basman Adnan. Goodbye, Amina. Goodbye, everybody. Until next episode. Most welcome. Bye. Bye. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.